When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Red Circle. Also, the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, make sure you subscribe to the new Off the Floor. We launched it late on Halloween. You can find it through the Twitter account, Five Reasons Sports. I'll be posting the link there. This is where you get direct updates from us, insider reports. We're going to be adding more and more stuff. It is much better than what we had before, trust me. And we have just started. So check it out. The new Off the Floor on Five on the Floor on the Discord. And now, today's episode. Down to this gang. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. Impact we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I've got Sean Rochester. You can follow him at S. Rochester NBA. And we've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. The Miami Heat lose 109 to 105. To the Brooklyn Nets, the, the Heat are now 1-4 on the season. Their only win was a win against rebuilding Detroit. Tonight they blew a 16-point lead and just made some mystifying decisions down the stretch of this game. And the whole injury excuse cannot be used because they were the healthier team today. We'll get to that 
and more as we go forward. But first, do want to tell you about the Rock Gamer of the Night, the ROK Gamer of the Night. I don't even know where to go with this, guys. So I'm going to take suggestions. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I kind of feel like we should give it to Tyler Hero because he scored 30 points on 12 of 23 from the floor. Bam Adebayo had 21 and 14. But they lost the game. <laughs> yes. I'm looking at this Nets bench, and I'm like, Trenton Watford, Armani Brooks, Combined for 28 points. Lonnie Walker had 17 points. They got, on a game that they didn't have, the Nets did not have three starters and a rotation player. They had 45 points from those three guys, 21 from Mikel Bridges, 21, 7, and 5. So, by default, I'm going to go with just the Nets subs here um, because that should not happen tonight. So, we'll, we'll share it between Armani Brooks Trenton Watford and Lonnie Walker again combining for 28, 45 points tonight. Um, Greg, I'll go to you first uh, here. And again, I want to, I do want to mention Rocky Sports uh, is the place to go. I should have mentioned this beforehand, but we're a little out of sorts tonight. Uh, Rocky Sports is the place to go for all your gaming needs down in Palmetto Bay. And we're going to have our next watch party slash 2k tournament coming up i believe on the 16th we'll give you more details as we go forward if you mentioned five reasons down there you also uh get five dollars off the all-day play um greg thoughts on tonight i mentioned you mentioned the rocky sports gamer of the night and the crazy thing is if you look at a box score if you were a box score watcher and you just look at Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, and Jimmy Butler, you think that they would have played well enough just statistically where the Heat would have get a, get a victory in this circumstance. If you just look at that in a vacuum, that's concerning. That's not um, something that I think Heat fans are accustomed to. Usually if two of those three guys are are playing well, you're finishing games. And, and then just the context of them having a 16-point lead, blowing it on your home floor, on the heels of playing against a pretty bad Detroit Piston or what projects to be a pretty bad Detroit Piston team and almost coughing that game up. Now you play this Brooklyn Nets team that some think can maybe make a playoff run, but let's be serious. They're in a transition year. They're not a a group that anybody fears to any degree. They're a team that's probably going to look to be trading players at the deadline and, and looking to gain assets or do whatever transition teams do. And you lose to them. And to me, it's disconcerting because they look out of sorts. They look like they were taking turns late. And then when you look at the box score and you see Bam had 21 and 14 and Jimmy had 20 and 7 and Tyler had 30, how the hell is that not enough to get it done? It tells me that there's something that transcends the numbers here that's not going right. I don't know exactly what it is. Maybe the coach, Sean Rochester, will. But this is a bad, bad way to start this homestand. I said that the 20-game evaluation mark is – I understand that line of thinking, and it's been in place for a very long time. This is the one year, I think, if this kind of homestand goes south, you got to think about doing something quicker. And, Sean, that's where I'm at with this because it's easy to say don't panic. Heat teams have started slow before. Some of the best Heat teams had slow starts, and some of them with Hall of Fame players had slow starts. But you're coming over the hangover of the offseason. And a game like this, 
you can't blame it on this guy being out. They don't have Kayla Martin, Josh Richardson, Haywood Highsmith working themselves back in, although Haywood was good tonight and probably should have played more down the stretch. That's something I want to get into with both of you. But the other team was missing three starters. You're on your home floor. There should be a little desperation at this point of the season, and you were in control of the game. That's the other thing. This is a repeat of what happened in the opening night against Detroit. The only difference is they got one defensive stop at the end of the game, and this time, yes, there was one call that perhaps could have been overturned. I'm not blaming it on that either. Uh, You had the team with more of your core guys than this other team that came in one and two, and again, didn't have its starting center, didn't have its best perimeter shooter in Cam Johnson, uh, and and also didn't have Dennis Smith Jr., who is, who is a guy that they're counting on to be a defensive uh, point guard for them coming off the bench. Cam Thomas, who they've relied on for scoring this year, was awful. Uh, four of 19 from the floor, two of seven from three, one assist because he doesn't look to pass to anybody. I don't even know how they lost this game, Sean. And you forgot Spencer Dinwiddie, who also didn't play tonight. Yes. He would be our uh, – I mean, we would make, make trophies or uh, statues of him if he was our point guard right now. Look, I mean, we've talked about this. I think the problem right now is there are so many holes in the ship that we're plugging one and there's you know water coming in from other places. You can look at the offense. Alex talked about this yesterday. We were so reliant on the mid-range. Um, around 45% of our attempts going into this game. Tonight it was a little lower. We leaned a little bit more into threes, probably too much into threes. I thought we would dominate inside. And I, I think Bam had a fairly good game, but without Claxton in there, you got to dominate inside. And we just didn't do that. Turning the ball over. The Nets coming into the game had the 30th best rate of turning people over. We turned the ball over way more than we should have, Okay, especially early. I think we had 12 at halftime. It lets those teams back into the game because you're you're not giving yourself a chance to even get shots up. The second thing then is defensively. So now you know your offense isn't great, and we kind of expected that. But defense is what we've known you know over the course of 20 years to be great at. They consistently would get to the paint, get to the rim, get get baskets there. And if they weren't getting that, they were knocking down threes. You talked about the guys off the bench. How many threes did they get from? I mean, Brooks had five. Walker had one. Watford had one, and then the starters had another nine in the starting lineup. Like, it's just unacceptable. There's so many things that, and unfortunately, it's on Eric Spolster's birthday. Like, he's not going to have a happy birthday tonight. He's going to be trying to figure out how to plug all these damn holes. Like, it's just so many things right now, and I don't even know what to point to because there's nothing that I would say is, like, the one thing. In previous seasons, you could say, if we just shot the ball better from outside, like, that was an indicator. Right now, there are so many things that I think are problems. I don't even know what you address first. And Eric wasn't in a particularly good mood before the game, actually, uh, when he said he didn't want to talk about injuries. uh, He was very short with reporters. We had Alex and Brady down there today. Brady was in there for that. People took it as a shot at Jimmy. I don't believe it was a shot at Jimmy in any way. It was 
Uh, it just seemed like frustration in general uh, with the way things have gone in the early season. And so this was kind of a, to me, a get right homestand. Like you're playing against a team tonight. That is a team that you really should just beat. You should handle. You're the defending Eastern conference champions. We can talk about them not upgrading in the off season. There's enough on this team to take care of the nets tonight. And again, they controlled the game. And when we get to the play of the night, it's going to be hard to pick one because every single guy who was on the floor for the heat down the stretch made mistakes and they made them like sequentially. It was like one and then the next and then the next. It was like, okay, my turn to do this. I want to, before we get to that, I want to focus on some of the things that seem to be going well, Greg, earlier in the game. There were some like, like green shoots here. And that's why this is so disappointing that they let this thing get away. Spolster first makes the decision to start Jaime Hawkins. He does not shoot the ball particularly well. Kevin Love was not available tonight. So Hawkins played opportunity for him. Hawkins did not shoot well, but I thought he did kind of what Spo wanted him to do, which is he forced the action a little bit. The pace was better early in the game. Jimmy was more engaged than he's been in the, in the previous uh, two games uh, at, for sure that he played. And, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I, you take a look at some of the others, bam. Okay. I thought had a lot of effective moments uh, throughout the game, getting to his turnaround, the drop step, creating space for himself and Tyler scored efficiently tonight. There were times that I was like, Tyler should have maybe looked at somebody who was wide open calling for the ball. Like Duncan, there were a couple of times that that happened, but again, Tyler was giving you offense, you know, with efficient numbers. Haywood Highsmith comes back, makes an immediate impact and you can see where they've missed him and missed, you know, him as an additional wing who can guard uh, pulled up and made a 28 footer. There were good things that happened tonight. Right. Even I thought Kyle had some pretty decent moments. Thomas Bryant was active. So it's not like it's all awful. And then all of a sudden it is. And the Nets look like the more poised team down the stretch. And that's that I don't understand. Why do the Heat look so disconnected when it matters? The only time that it's looked like they've they've been connected was when they were already down like 20 points. Uh, you know, to Milwaukee and there was, you know, just, and Spo just threw a lineup out there and it worked. Um, but again, there was no pressure at that point of the game. Why does a team that went to the Eastern conference finals went to the finals uh, the past two seasons look like they don't know each other down the stretch. So do you want to talk about in basketball terms against the Brooklyn Nets tonight? Or do you want me to just cut the shit and get right to the chase? Go to it. They look like a team that's tired of being around each other. They look like a tired that's they, they they look like a team that is tired of one another. Maybe not because they dislike one another, but because sometimes groups just run their course. And I hate to say that this early in the season. I'll probably get clipped for this and people will come back and laugh at me. And you know what? That's fine. I'm just saying that tonight on November the 1st when they played the Brooklyn Nets at home, there's just a degree of disconnected play down the stretch there. And then the the games that have taken place already where it just looks like the team, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that they have enough. And I hate to say that. It's just a situation where with the percent of cap that Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry take up to what the per, what production they bring, they're, they're not playing connected enough to offset that in my in you know by my standard i i think that there's probably 
something to having Caleb back. There's something to having the entire rotation. Like I understand all of those factors, but they don't have a lead guard. They don't have a guy that can get them settled late in games unless they're just going to go Jimmy hero ball. So there's just something there that's missing. Sean, you had something to add to that? Yeah. Greg and I talked about this before we started. It seems at times like the ball, it's not flowing together. And that's what you're talking about, right? If you're visually looking for a team that likes to play together, you see the ball moving in action and cutting and things like that. I really want to see tomorrow Cooper, one of those guys that has access to second spectrum. When the ball touches one side of the floor, whether you're playing middle school basketball or NBA basketball, generally speaking, you're not getting a high percentage shot. How many times, especially late, one pass, one shot. That Jimmy shot that was late, a three that he kind of caught the ball high and looked very awkward. Josh had one too. When the ball goes side to side or it touches the paint, usually you have better shots. And I want to see the data on that. Hopefully tomorrow, and I'll obviously tag it if we can find it, but it's just not productive basketball the way that things are working out. And I cannot think that Spolstra is very happy with how the offense looks. All right. We're going to talk now about the play of the night. And I'm going to give you guys some time to think about this one because there are four or five or six different candidates for this. There's only one candidate, though, to get your life insurance, your health, in- uh, excuse me, your life insurance, your renter's insurance, your homeowner's insurance, all that kind of stuff and especially your your car insurance, go to our friend Lynette. She's also one of our best posters on Discord, on Playback, which we did tonight as well. Insurancebylynette.com, A-aggressive insurance. Lynette, if you don't have a good driving record, trust me, she's the person to get to. She will absolutely find you the best possible uh, driver's insurance that you can possibly get, best car insurance that you can get. So reach out to her at insurancebylynette.com. That's the play that you need to make. There were plays that the Heat needed to make tonight, and they didn't make them on four or five consecutive possessions. Which is the one that stands out the most to you guys? Was it Jimmy deciding to take a three when he was off balance, sort of looking the wrong way during a a game that I, I thought he was more engaged than in all the other games? Was it... That Tyler layup thing that happened on a game he scored 30, was it that shot that Bam had that – I don't – did that even graze the rim? Was no. it any of the stuff that Jay Rich did down the stretch? when he, he was in there instead of – I thought maybe Highsmith should have been playing some of those minutes. Or was it something Kyle did? Because I can't remember Kyle settling them even one time as things were falling apart. Which – which of them had the play of the night for you, Greg? Because I thought all five of them kind of defined this loss in the last few minutes. I'm going to go with 838 left. Trenton Wadford made a 24-foot three-pointer from the left corner to put the Nets up 89-86. It was assisted by Royce O'Neal. I don't even have the guts tonight to pick one of the plays that you threw up there and lob. Thank you for lobbing me multiple options. I think we Trenton Wadford needs to get called out on this podcast because he was the random scrub heat killer of the night. Sean, I mean, you're going with Trenton Watford. who well, I was not even familiar with his game as Shaq would say in those memes that you get on Twitter. Uh, or, or is it somebody on the heat that did something late that stands out? I thought the Jimmy Steele was going to be the play of the night. I think Me Greg, too. I sent that one to you, right? Like it looked like they were getting that thing back under control. Uh, which one do you choose? 
Are we going for a positive play or a negative play? Can we have a positive play on a night that they dropped to one and four, losing to a team at home without three starters and a rotation player? How about this positive play? The the offensive rebound Bam grabbed in traffic with one hand, then got the and one after it. Yes, my favorite play of the night. The negative one that you didn't introduce when we closed out to whoever the shooter was in the right corner. Lowry didn't box out on the backside and got an and one on Mikael Bridges. And I think the game was tied at that point. That was the turning point in my mind. It's sad that we have so much evidence of bad play within a matter of like four minutes in the fourth quarter. It's terrible. It went so south. Things were so good, <laughs> Ethan. Like this was a turnaround game. And it's so it shows you how quickly things change in the NBA. But something needs to change quickly the other direction now. I think that's where we're all at. I mean, the three of us are three of the more optimistic people in our heat group at the network. And I just think we've all got bad vibes off what's started this season. They've got one win, and it's against a team that's going to win 25 games. That win was more challenging than it should have been. They go into Boston, and their best player looks like he doesn't want to be there. Against Minnesota... Their best player doesn't play, and that game got out of control in ways it shouldn't have late. They, they were within a Duncan Robinson three of tying it, and then there was a 16-1 run the other direction. Milwaukee was not competitive. Let, let's, I mean, the fourth quarter, again, was a scramble. The Bucks are still learning each other a little bit. They kept the starters in. Credit to the hero, Jay Rich. Uh, Jovic group that made an impact late, but I mean, come on, I, I don't think the we ever score thought made it look closer than it was. It made it look closer than it was, and then you're home against a team, and again, you have control against this team, and then you completely fall apart. And I think that some hard questions are going to start to get asked here. And I and you know you you were talking about some of them on playback, Greg, but you know we talk about a closing lineup, right? And I think we all thought, okay, maybe Josh Richardson can be in a closing lineup. But then you sort of remembering some of the decision-making from his previous stint, yeah. and that cropped up tonight. They don't get enough from the point guard position. They just don't. And, I, you know, it, it's it's not even like Kyle being bad. It's just there's not enough good. Like there's and, – and I was saying on playback tonight, when they were leading, we were a little bit more optimistic. I'm like – it, it almost feels like they just got that one piece to settle everybody down. You know, somebody who could be impactful from that spot. It doesn't have to be an elite player, but like our guy Gad Cartagena was on there saying, like even a Spencer Dinwiddie on the heat, like it feels like that would make a dramatic difference and everybody could kind of settle into their roles. But I don't know that that trade is coming. And that's concerning also because, you know, you have again, you're like, okay, this is the guy who's supposed to settle you down, but he the ball's not in Kyle's hands to settle anybody, anybody down. At the end of it. And when we're kind of celebrating like Jimmy giving a B performance tonight, it's not good. It's it's just not enough. I, I've loved what I've seen from Bam so far this season. Um, you know, again, a couple of mistakes late, but overall I've I've liked what I've seen from him. And Tyler has shown growth in a number of different areas, but it's it's not and I'm not gonna blame this on him. It's it's not leading to anything right now. And they have a lot of playable players, but they don't seem to have a lot of playable players that look like, again, they're connected uh, in basketball terms or even passionate together on the court. And that's that's not an issue like right now. It's not heat like it. And and, and and I think because we saw them kind of 
you know, drift through the whole regular season last year and come within three minutes of missing the playoffs entirely. You were hopeful that they would prove people wrong here early in the year, jump out of the gate, and it just hasn't happened. All right, one more thing we want to get to tonight, and then I think it's going to lead to a a good discussion to close. Our injury report, sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein, the personal injury attorney that represents here at the Five Reasons Sports Network. Go to ericrubenstein.com, went to St. Thomas University, magna cum laude, uh, and also uh, grew up in Lauderhill. He's a South Florida guy, huge Miami Heat fan, but the most important thing is something happens to you, he will get you your money. So go to ericrubenstein.com or ask about me, I got you on Instagram. Injury report tonight, Kevin Love sat, um, not expected to be anything serious going forward. Of course, Jimmy Butler was on the injury report uh, with a knee issue that he's had before, but I thought he looked active tonight. I didn't think that he looked limited by the knee in any way. Kayla Martin continues to be out with the knee. He had been making progress. Then he played. He hasn't played since. Haywood Highsmith returned early. He was supposed to be reevaluated in two weeks. We didn't even get to two weeks. He was back on the floor. And that's where I want to go with this with you guys tonight. Um, I think Haywood Highsmith is going to end up being a starter for this team. And I don't think it's going to take too long. And I was surprised, and I was your thoughts on this, Sean, that he didn't play down the stretch tonight because I, I thought he was good and they couldn't box out. That was a huge problem late in the game. There were We didn't even get to some of these. Jimmy was not boxing out late in the game. Kyle was in the wrong position as he tends to be. But again, I don't blame him for this one because it's always these switches. But he was there was he didn't box out bridges on on a key play late in the game. He and Jimmy both. Um, I thought having Highsmith out there just for all the little things that he was doing earlier, I might have had him out there instead of Kyle or Josh. Either one, honestly. Did you think he should have played down the stretch? Yeah, I mean, especially late when you're going to have the ball in Jimmy Bam and Tyler's hands most of the time. The the idea behind Kyle Lowry, I, I hate to say his his job because it doesn't seem to be his job actually right now, is to settle the offense. And then the other three guys are going to be the ones doing that. So, you know, I, I don't know if Haywood would have been the solution, but he seems to be calm. He seems to be in control of his role. He shot the ball fairly well tonight. Um I agree with you about starting. I think he's going to be maybe the long-term solution. Um, But then what do you do with love? I mean, he can't close either. Right. So he's going to play small minutes here and there in the, in the middle of the second and third quarters. I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting equation to see how Spo figures out those two plus Jaime plus Jovic, I guess we'll throw him out there. And not that I agree with that, but who is going to, who's going to form this rotation? Greg, should he have played down the stretch? I mean, I I think maybe in the place of Josh, if I was going to go anywhere there, I I also think Kyle, like there, I'm done with him finishing games. I'm sorry, there's just not enough there. Uh, so ultimately, maybe Josh sticks and and Haywood Highsmith comes in for him. I think they're easing him back into a degree. I think you're going to see Haywood Highsmith eventually start. I think that. The more they lose, the more Spolster is going to get pretty cutthroat about making those changes. You could see Josh and Haywood Highsmith all of a sudden start. Spo's done that before where he's flipped stuff up. So I wouldn't be surprised if they start looking at that kind of stuff just because, like, what else are they going to do, right? Like, they, they to keep trotting out the same lineup, I think, is a little bit crazy. And 
Highsmith will start closing. I think that tonight they just went in a different direction. Um, But I think ultimately what you're going to find is Spo trust Haywood Highsmith in a way where he's going to get consistent minutes. If he's healthy, he's going to play. Yeah, it it looks like Spo was trying to find a jolt from someone tonight. And that, I think, played into the Hawkes starting. Because, you know, the one thing about Jaime is he may force the action sometimes. (laughs) It's clear already. Like, he has a certain confidence in himself. And I did think he forced some shots early. But I also thought he competed defensively Uh, tonight. He made some good reads there needs to be some stuff cleaned up. Obviously he's a rookie playing in what his fourth or fifth game at this point, but I understood the reasoning behind it and putting him out there instead of say Jovich, who might've sort of settled into things more and looks like he's trying to kind of pick his spots and figure out where he fits. Jaime doesn't care. It doesn't seem, and I, I say that as a compliment, like it just, he just goes, that's it. And it also seems like they have confidence in him because they kept passing on the ball, even when he was missing. Okay. And even when they had some, some looks, but I think ultimately, looking at Love, looking at Hakez, looking at Jovic, looking at their other options, it's going to end up being Highsmith at the four. It, it, and, and I think a couple of reasons. One, you can trust him. Two, he's clearly improved. There's no question. I mean, with the shot. And the other thing is, if they ever do have their full complement of players, the idea of bringing Highsmith, Richardson, and Martin all off the bench does not make a lot of sense. You've got three guys with somewhat overlapping skill sets, three good defenders. And I did think tonight, one of the things Spolster did was he ran that lineup twice with Kyle and four plus defenders, Bam, uh, Bam, Jimmy uh, was Highsmith and Josh, right? I think that was the group they were talking about. And they ran that group twice. They had more success one time than the other time. But I think Spolster has a roster where he he doesn't have to have more than sort of one subpar defender on the floor at a time in most cases. But to bring three wing defenders off the bench together when the starting lineup is challenged in that way, I think Spo is going to lean. If he's, if he's going to continue to start Kyle, which I don't necessarily agree with, but if he's going to continue to start Kyle – I think he's got to start, and he wants to keep Caleb when Caleb comes back in a role where he can be more of a featured scorer and sort of be a Swiss Army knife off the bench. Then it makes sense to start Haywood. I, I just, I, and I, I think that, and I don't think I'm saying something that Spolstra doesn't realize because I, I think that's the direction that this is going to go. You know, with Haywood, you're going to get effort, and he's going to be in the right place. And at this point, you just need guys you can trust, Sean. That's that's the way I view it. Yeah, and to that closing point, it's basically your three main guys and then whoever between Josh, Haywood, and Caleb, two of those three that are playing the best. And if I guess if you needed shooting, if you were trailing when you were closing and you needed Duncan out there, You're right. he could be an option. But it, you know, it. it's, it's very situationally dependent. But I like the versatility of that group with their defensive you know, uh, inclination, the way that they can switch. They can play multiple positions. you got a lot of guys that can handle. It's a good closing group. But you also got to get the good stuff out of those top three guys, too. And tonight you didn't because we just went through a list of how, you know, like the fumbling plays and bad shots. Those are the guys that got to take you to the finish line. All right, guys, let's close with this. And again, we thank our sponsors, uh, insurancebylanette.com, Rock Esports Center in Palmetto Bay, and our friend Eric Rubenstein, personal injury attorney. 
Where are we at the panic meter now? Because we've done a couple of these episodes, but now at one and four, Washington's coming in for the first game of this in-season tournament, which I still don't understand on Friday night. But I thought this was a, a homestand that honestly, to feel good, you had to sweep it. Honestly, like uh, you had to sweep it or at least put yourself in a position where the Laker game on Monday night, if you didn't end up sweeping, okay, maybe you would lose to the Lakers if LeBron or AD has one of those nights, but at least you come out of this thing two and one. And, you know, now (laughs) it's crazy to say a must win game uh, when we just hit the beginning of November. But if they lose to Washington on the way Washington looks, if they lose to Washington on Friday night, oh boy, Um, where's your panic meter at this point, Greg? Panic meter is at a 3.05 out of 10, but ascending fast. And I say that because you're right. This homestand is it. And I also just, it's not about the fact that they lose. It's how they look when they lose. It's how like tonight in particular, there's a part of like seeing that Bam Tyler and Jimmy had their individual moments, but it doesn't collectively lead to a win. That's concerning to me. And to see other things go right and to see them pull together, you know, a coherent night on the boards in comparison to Brooklyn and still come up short to lose leads. They've done it to Detroit. They've done it to Brooklyn. Now the good teams, they just felt like they didn't have quite enough coming off that off season. There's a lot of context in the involved here, but it doesn't equal good vibes. And I think that there's one thing that you can't find in a box score and right now, that's what's missing from this Heat team, vibes. Sean, higher than 3.05 out of 10. That was creative. Was, you got to pick an uh, area I'm, code. That's how this works. You got to pick an area code. So so give, give me an area code. 9.54. 9.54. I'm sounding all alarms. <laughs> that's where I live. That's where I'm at right now, Greg. That's where I was going. But Sean, you don't um, live in 215 anymore, do you? I do live in 215, yeah. Tough, tough, tough uh, for the late night economy around here lately with the loss of James. But um, no, I'll, I'd say I'm somewhere in the three or four. It's it's one of those things where if you can't take care of Washington, the worst defense in the league, if our offense can't shine against them, we are in trouble. Uh, then I will really start sounding alarms. But they got to do something. You got to figure it out in the locker room first. And then, you know, the front office should be looking for options elsewhere if that can't get solved. All right, I got to pick an area code. All right, 305. Um, I feel like this price is right. Highest going over, you know, closest without going over uh, too much. And I am going to go over 305, actually. I'm not going to get quite to 786 or 954. I think I'll leave those two alone. I don't know about 561. I, I you, might, you might convince me on 561, but for right now, I'll just say 407. How about we do that? So I'll give you an, I'll give you an Orlando area code. I'm concerned. Honestly, I am concerned. I, I, I know everybody's going to say, Ethan, you've covered this damn team since like prehistoric era and all this. You've seen this story before. You've seen us start 11 and 30 and go 30 and 11. And you've seen them one game over 500 and the coach gets fired and they end up winning the championship in 06 and seen them nine and eight in the first year with LeBron. And they got to the finals, you know, before LeBron stopped playing. Uh, and so, yeah, we've seen all this before. We've seen them only four games over 500. And then Chris Bosch goes out for the season and somehow, you know, they were within a game of the Eastern Conference Championship in 2016. So, yes, we have seen this before but it comes off a really frustrating disappointing summer and they needed to get off to a good start they just did and and now now you know, there's some a lot of toxicity in the fan base 
you just hope that there's not going to be any toxicity in the locker room. The the leaders of this team, Bam Adebayo, we didn't get a chance to talk about this today. Maybe we will tomorrow on the off day. He's captain of this team now. And, you know, this is his first test as captain. You know, when I talked to Bam about the possibility of being captain uh, at training camp, and he said, well, there's only a couple options here. And he kind of smiled. And I said, do you want the responsibility if they give it to you? And he says, I'll take it. And then I was like, but you're a nice guy. <laughs> Sometimes it's not so easy for a nice guy to get in people's faces. UD is a nice guy, but UD had a streak. We all know where he could be a not so nice guy. If he, if, if that was required, it's the first test of the bam out of bio era in that sense, in terms of being the leader of this team, got to find a way to pull these guys together and get them on the same page. Eris Bolster has pieces to work with, but he's got to have hearts and minds too. The pieces are not enough. And when it's stuff started to fall apart tonight, nobody pulled them together. It just was, and it wasn't one guy. I don't want to pin it on one guy. All five that were on the floor in the last few minutes of this game, coughed that thing up. All of them, all of them. Tyler was Tyler and Bam were their best players tonight. I thought overall. Um, And Jimmy was better than he's been, but everybody who was on the floor at the end of that game, played a role in this and it's it's an ugly start to the season all right thanks to sean thanks to greg we will try to be more optimistic in the future we got at least 77 more of these post-game podcasts to do uh we'll see how many we go beyond that have a good night everybody thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.